Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning. This is Rick Bonfim. Uh, I'm so glad to be with you this morning. And we're going to study the book of Leviticus. You know, there's a lot of blood in the book of Leviticus. But also there's all, all kinds of information in what God instituted being the sacrificial system would be started. It's a year after leaving Egypt. And God sets to Moses all the information that he wants Moses to follow uh, in order to begin the slaughtering of animals, typifying the death of Christ on Calvary. Verse 1 says, The Lord called unto Moses and spoke unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation. So now the Holy Spirit of God, the presence of God, had taken over the Holy of Holies in this tabernacle in the wilderness. I bet you that from where they were, they could be under the shadow of Mount Sinai, looking at a distance uh, and being able to, to understand that now God is beginning to show. First God comes into Mount Sinai and give the law. But now he's in the tabernacle of the congregation, in the Holy of Holies, on earth, right there, close to them. And, and what I'm sharing with you is that this proximity of God coming down from heaven and being with us, it's quite a, an experience. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Knowing not that you are the temple of God, Knowing not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. What I hope that you'll be able to learn out of this teaching in Leviticus is that when sin happens in our lives, unfortunately, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But there's something here that we have to practice and understand. Because as we deal with our sins according to Scripture, then we begin to understand the power of the cross and how wonderful it is that through the mercy of God, Jesus Christ removes our sins. And now, and so, and spoke unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the cattle even the herd and of the flock. It doesn't mention here uh, uh, any woman in this process. Even though Eve sinned first, it was Adam, the fountainhead of the human race, who dragged down mankind through the fall. And so we have to understand that we men are, 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 have the responsibility to understand sin and be able to take it to the cross and, and transmit it to the head of Jesus Christ so our family can be blessed. Now, if he's offering of a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. When a male without blemish, he shall offer it of his own voluntary will. What do you mean by that? He shall offer it for the Lord's acceptance. He is not pushing his animal in the presence of God and saying, I have to do this. He is saying, I want, I want by faith that God will accept the sacrifice 
and be able to uh, and be able to uh, to do that. So the sacrifice that God has for uh, for us is that we come in faith. Amen. We come in faith, believing that God will honor our gift. And that way, you don't have to become someone that uh, do it and expect to be done. You do it in faith, asking God that you submit, He'll receive the sacrifice. So if His offering be a burnt offering of the herd, typifying Jesus, let Him offer a mayor without blemish. He shall offer his own voluntary will. So he comes with the animal. And his heart is saying, God, accept my offering. The difference between Christ and the sacrificial system is that the sacrificial system was done transferring to an animal the sin. But through Christ, we transfer to him as he died on the cross. We put our trust in him. If we confess our sins... He is just in faith to forgive and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So, so there comes a father. He has an animal on a toe, with a cord. And he waits for his chance to walk in. In those days, the priest would only look at the animal first. They don't really particularly care about what the sinner had to do or had done it. The problem was to make sure the sacrifice of the animal was right. No blemished, no broken legs, no spots, no deficiency, not of any kind, nothing nothing from birth that would destroy it uh, and, and make the animal be unheard of and not acceptable. And so in that instance, the emphasis on the animal, the priest wouldn't even look at the sinner. Okay, good. Now, he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering. He doesn't say he put his hand on the feet, put his hand on the heart, put his hand on the, on the body, but on the head. You know, when we pray for people, we touch them in the head. You know, just gently touch them in the head. In our trip to Peru this last week, uh, we, we anointed and touched every single person that came into the meetings. You probably say, how about COVID, Rick? Well, let me tell you, the anointing of God was so powerful that He killed a lot of bugs, a lot of COVID problems. God just override, overrid, overrode all of the requirements of the law of COVID. And bless the people in Peru in a, in a way that we have I have never seen before. During the time of washing their feet, we touched their head and touched their feet and washed their feet. And they, they cried as we did. They wept heavily as we are about to wash their feet. It was a very emotional experience that will reverberate throughout the country of Peru for many years. So he put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering. Meaning, transferring his sin and guilt to the innocent victim. See, sin has two things. One is 
the word guilt. And the other is the sin. Guilt. Guilt is the pain of having sinned. See, sinners have a lot of problems in overcoming sin because they don't know how to transfer into Jesus. They themselves become very animals and they themselves become enemies of their own selves. Because what sin does is to accuse you in terms of, so what is the, the final example of how God removes sin? It's faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God. So if you don't have enough faith, you'll never be able to transfer your sins to Christ because you'll have questions. Uh, you think you've done wrong and, 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 and the sin becomes greater than, than really the actual act of sinning because you cannot deliver, you cannot let it go, you cannot receive. Well, you probably say, oh Rick, but, uh, but you're going to be under the, uh, uh, under the guilt of sin and the wages of sin and, uh, and uh, you're going to die because of your sin. Well, in those days, when they transfer to the animal, it's transferable. It's done. There's nothing that can change that. And a man is totally cleansed, totally separated from his sin when he actually transferred to the animal. Now, let's take a look. And it shall be accepted for him to make atonement. God says, I accept it. It's done. You don't have to question anymore. And that is the problem. God says, it shall be accepted for him. It shall be accepted for him. It shall be accepted for him. And of course, you know, we don't quite uh, don't want to believe that. And we uh, then begin to hide, begin to accuse, begin to... Any, there is therefore no, accusation, no, no, no condemnation to... And those who believe in Christ. What is the verse? There shall be no condemnation in those who are in Christ. Condemnation is the evidence that you didn't transfer. Condemnation is the evidence that you didn't transfer. And when you actually... That is why the Holy Spirit is so necessary. Because when you, when you know how to pray in the Holy Spirit, the first thing that the Holy Spirit does is to build yourself up to a point that you know that God is removing your sin. You know, the, the sensibility, spiritual sensibility, the idea of, of, of hearing His voice, the idea of, uh, of knocking on the door and it shall be open, the idea of living a life of prayer and faith before God, you become then sensitive to His presence. Now, salvation brings conviction of sins. Conviction of sin... Is a glesco. It's a light touch in which the sin of the human being is transferred to the head of Christ. And when he does, you feel the release. There's no release in anyone who accuses. There's no release for anyone who believes that the sin is greater than the cross. And that's, that's the problem. If the sin is greater than the cross, then Christ died in vain. And so as I travel, as I minister... As I deal with my own sin, I want you to know that what makes the sin evident to be already transferred into Christ is the peace that surpasses it. Remember Romans 5.1, therefore, the, uh, uh, Romans 5.1, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. 
And so there is no peace if you don't believe that it's justified by faith. And faith comes by hearing. If you are someone who do not have a Bible study, who do not study the Scriptures, who don't even have a Bible, you ought to understand this process. And so, and so I'm here to do that for you. And I hope that you begin to listen to this. The reason why you feel hate, anger, anxiety, turmoil towards somebody else is because you have not been forgiven. You haven't forgiven yourself and forgive others. So, God says, It shall be accepted for him to make atonement for his sins. God says that. Now, verse 5. Now comes the process of what to do with the animal. He shall kill the bullock. Now, over here, I, I looked at this carefully last night. He symbolizes, and, and he shall put his hand upon the head of the burning offering, and he shall kill the bullock before the Lord. Now, is it the man kills the bullock or the priests? Let me read this verse to you. It says, He shall kill the bullock before the Lord, and the priests, Aaron's sons, shall bring the blood, and sprinkle the blood around about the altar by the door of the tabernacle. So it all indicates that the man, the human being, the sinner that is before, behind the animal, he does the first blow. And the priests, Aaron's sons, shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood around the, upon the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Now this door, this, this object before, uh, close to the door, is the brazen altar. You know, it's a large structure. You're talking about, uh, if you ever seen a bull, a thousand, fifteen hundred pound tongue bull, okay, it's a large animal, the size of a Volkswagen. There were two made of bronze toward the north, toward the south, toward the east, and toward the west. And those four would hold because the temperature in the brazen altar had to be divided into sections. For instance, when you have a section in which the wood is burning heavily, it would be to a bull. But you can't throw a thorough... Uh, 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 Pigeon, a pigeon or a turtle dove inside of that powerful fire. It's just, and so there are areas where there's less wood and more wood, and, and the priests would handle that properly. So it's a, a large structure, 40 by 30 feet wide, and, uh, and uh, a large swimming pool. And, and uh, of course, with different temperatures as the offerings were accordingly burned. So it says, the assisting priest would catch a basin of blood that pour from the slain animal's throat. So the animal is standing and the blood is coming on the basin. Okay? Uh, he would then throw the blood to the brazen altar. Sprinkle. Now the brazen altar is made of bronze. Now what is the significance of the blood of the animal being thrown on the, the brazen altar, all around the brazen altar. Now imagine that in order to do that, he must have had some type, uh, you know, when I throw water these days on people, I have a bottle. I don't think they had a bottle those days, but they had a, uh, some type of substance. Because if the basin would throw the whole blood, he had to, the word says, shall bring the blood and sprinkle 
the blood around about the altar and by the door. And so, what is it that they used? Yeah, but there's a plant. Do you remember a plant in the Old Testament? Hyssop. Hyssop. There's a plant that somehow absorbs the blood used in the in the anointing of the temple, of the posts of the house, uh, uh, as they were in Egypt. So the angel of death would not take their 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 uh, the youngest son, and so the hyssop would and it would sprinkle all over that altar. So the brazen altar would smell blood, has the scent of blood. And of course, it's very very uh, interesting to observe this because the brazen altar is burning. It's, bra- it's, uh, it's, it's bronze. And when you put bronze on fire, it will get hot. And so as you throw the blood, shh, shh, it would smoke and the scent go all over the place. Okay? Symbolizing the, the death of Christ. That the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all unrighteousness. And so they're learning how to deal with sin. Learning how to deal with Jesus. That's a year after they left Egypt. You're talking about two, two million people. I don't know the number. Two, two and a half million people in some commentators. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of blood. Why did God begin the sacrificial system? It's because they were slaves for 400 years. They didn't understand this. Their mentality was, we're no good. And God is trying to convict Israel, this great nation of His, that He ordained, He blessed, that they should understand the cross of Calvary. And even today, Israel is abhorrent, rejecting the blood of Christ. And there's no peace in Israel. You notice that there's no peace. A moments of peace and moments of... In other words, one moment of peace is followed by a moment of, uh, of death and, and horrible lack of peace. You know, you, you don't know when the bomb is going to hit them. So, this was the essential part of the ceremony. The blood here represents life. If you go to Leviticus... 17:11 it says the life of the of the flesh is in the blood i want to i want to read it clearly from the text the life of the flesh is in the blood for the life of the flesh is in the blood it should have been translated this way for the soul of the flesh is in the blood the word hebrew here rendered life occurs twice more in this same verse. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For the blood, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Say, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Meaning, the blood of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, removes sin. It doesn't somehow just takes the guilt away and removes sin, removes guilt, removes shame, removes anything else. It is very difficult to bring somebody to understand that because Satan accuses consistent day and night. His idea is, you dirty, lying, demon, Christian that have a sin, you're no good to anybody else. And you see, that's accusation, that's condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation who are in Christ Jesus. And we have to swallow that. And so you understand, the blood here is essential. It's the life of the blood that you're looking for. 
Now, it was symbolically received at the hands of the offerer, presented by the priest unto God. It is the antitype our Lord exercises the function of the sacrificial priest when he presented his own life to the Father as he hung on the cross at the altar of Calvary. So, are you getting this a little bit? You're beginning to understand a little bit. I hope you will. I don't know if I'm being a, a good teacher here and trying to explain correctly. But what I'm saying to you is, you've got you to gotta make up your mind. You've got to make up your mind. You're going to follow Jesus and submit to Him forgiveness and put your trust on Christ or you mock the cross and carry your sin on your back for the rest of your life. All right. Let's move on. Verse 6. And he shall fly, flay the burnt offering and cut into pieces. Sin, in a way, it is an interior problem. It's very deep within us. It, 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 comes, it comes from a curse. Jesus broke the curse, I understand. But it comes from a curse. And when Jesus died on the cross, the sin of your life is removed. You know, for instance, when you are growing up as a Christian, and you come to a point where you have to solve some physical problems, some, some, some ailments, some ideas. God begins to go deep into you. That's why the, the ministry of deliverance is one of the most powerful ministries. Not the counseling ministry now. Anybody can do that. But to speak to a soul. To speak to a soul in the in-depth of that being is only by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is why the gifts of word of knowledge, word of wisdom discerning of spirits, faith, working of miracles, gifts of healing, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. The way Paul active ministered to the needy and to the sick and to the, those who had demons, and as Jesus did, is so, so necessary today. Because if psychological counseling is successful, it has to be God's way. And you can't do it without the Holy Spirit. So, he shall flay the burnt offering. What do you mean? He shall cut, separating the burnt offering from the carcass. You know, when you, when you shoot a deer, you've got to go to where the meat are and slay, flay that away into slabs, a steak, and then the part that you want to do hamburger out of it. Uh, in other words, whoever carves the deer has the, the knowledge of how to carve it. How to cut it. That's the same thing the priests did. They flayed. They separated the flesh from the bones of that, that bullock. How, how do you like to, to, to flay a bullock and separate the parts? You're going you're gonna to be interesting to, to realize how deep this thing is. How deep is the sin? It comes in sometimes four generations, you know. Uh, the life of the children upon the third and fourth generation means sin has a long vein. I'll tell you an interesting story that happened to me in Cabo Frio, Brazil. Uh, uh, they took me out of the service. And of course, uh, I'll tell you the, the, what happened in that service. That's a true story. And uh, So God, judge me if I'm lying to you. 
I made an invitation before the service started. We rented a tent at the beach in Cabo Frio. And over 500 people were there. The team is ready to pray for everybody. And the Lord just gave me an idea. I heard a voice from the Lord. You probably say, Rick, but uh, that's a horrible thing to do. But I, I heard it. And, uh, and those of you that know me, if I hear it, I'm going to do it. I don't care where I am and who bishop is there or whatever. It doesn't matter to me. I have no respect of man whatsoever if I hear the voice of God. And I heard, invite all the assassins, people that have killed people this week or today. And I know about 50 people came forward. 50 people came forward. I remember because I was standing in the altar and a man took a, a dagger and hit the altar, on the, the wood altar, the, the wood our auditorium, you know, the stage area, and, it, and the knife did that record. You know, right below. <laughs> and so we began to pray, and I called the group to pray, and we began to take authority of the spirit of death. And one man had blood in his hands. He had killed not long ago. Sin is that deep. Sin is that deep. There are situations where, well, the same thing happened in Cuba. As an as a elderly man, after we began to have prayer uh, that God forgives sins of the past, he got up and just crawled to the altar in tears. He had killed a lot of people during the revolution. He's an old man. And, uh, and he had to be carried out of the sanctuary because he, he was overcome. You see, he wanted God to forgive him for, for killing so many people. And so, the idea of flaying the animal here indicates that sin is deep. And you have to go to where the inception of the sin occurred, move toward the present, ask God to forgive the parts involved, and all of that. Okay. And the priests, Aaron's sons, shall lay the parts that, that they flay, the head, the fat, in order upon the wood that the fire which is upon the altar will consume. The parts of kissing signify the cross deals with every aspect of the sin in the sinner. Just like I told you, the man that killed somebody with his dagger had been killing for a long time. God will remove two years, three years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years past and remove all those contracts of death that he established to make money. You know, it's a very common thing in Brazil to kill for money. I told you the story of the man from the hill, the, the hill seven in Brazil, that came to me and I said, how you been? Uh, uh, you must have a lot of children. I, I think I met your children, your boys. They're growing up, aren't they? So, yeah, Miss Bumpson, they're growing up and they're doing fine. I just want to thank you for anything that you've done for me and for my family, you know. But uh, if you want to dispose of anybody, I'll be glad to take care for you. I said, no, I don't want you to dispose. <laughs> I did think of a couple of people. But uh, uh, he kills. They kill for money. They kill for a way to live. It's assassin. To be an assassin in Brazil is a very fruitful job. Some of them even have, some of them even have cards. You know, how to get in touch. And what I'm saying to you is that the parts that were laid on the altar in order, because animals like a bullock, you know, you want to you want to you want to eat filet mignon, you got to go find it. And then you have lesser types of meat. And that's what an order means. Now, 
Let me ask you this. If you have a large grill and you're about to cook all the, the meat you bought from the, from the store, okay, which part is the most important in an animal, in a deer? What do you think? How about, how about, uh, how about, a, how about a lamb? Oh, let's begin with the pork. What is the part of the pork that is most sought out? Uh huh. Pork loin. Yeah, it, 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 that's where you get your, uh, your 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 ham from Virginia. You know, that's where you get the ham from Virginia, and that's why they they so good as they cook. So parts are separated accordingly because they're offered unto God. And I believe that the fire burns where God wants it to burn. And so there's a difference between throwing things out there and let it cook, whatever it is, but when you do it in order, in balance. That's, that, that is, in other words, God received this deep sin, received this lesser sin, received this other sin, and, uh, and, 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 and as they separated into parts. Now look at this. But his inward parts, his legs, shall be washed in water. Why is that the case? Because the animal lives in the mud. The feet, it's all dirty. You know, I was at this church in, 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 in Korea. Uh, uh, and there was mud everywhere in this, in this congregation. We had mud all over the place. I took my, clean, my clothes to the cleaners yesterday and I brought the mud from Peru. So the legs need to be cleaned and washed in water. Amen. And the priest shall burn all on the altar to be burned sacrifice, an offering by fire, a sweet aroma unto the Lord. I hope that you remain with me. I'm in chapter 1 of Leviticus verse 9 and I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. Brilha a luz que é no do meu viver.